Well, what a week, am I right? There is a new number one in the nation, and we hopefully hope that there's a new number one podcast in your heart. But the Kansas Jayhawks are now the number one team in the AP poll, in the rankings, in the net rankings, in the Ken Pomeroy rankings, whatever rankings it is, best uniforms, they're number one. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I am your humble servant, Jonas Nordman, bringing you all the good stuff. Appreciate you listening. And what a week it was. Last time we were on the air, I guess the last time we recorded, it was right ahead of KU going to Waco, taking on the Baylor Bears. And then, of course, they played Oklahoma State on Big Monday. I've got all the news and the notes. I've got an epic rant to talk about here at the end of the show, as well as a little bit of a preview for what's to come this Saturday. But first, let's do the business. Again, this is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And what I believe is that you better get on the bandwagon soon. If you don't believe in this program, then we're leaving you behind. Just a couple weeks ago, right? Like second episode we ever did. What did I say? I said, Yudoka Azabuki, most important player on the team. Oh, would you look at the numbers? He's having a pretty good, pretty good little stretch here. I, I think last, last episode, I, I predicted, what was it, like 65 to 62, something in that range for the game against Baylor. Come down to the end, have to make a few free throws. 64-61 was your, was your final. So tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your enemies. I don't care. If they've got ears, if they can download, if they can subscribe, it all works for me. But we're having a good time here. We're looking to keep it rolling. It's crazy. I took a look at the schedule. Season's almost finished already. I feel like we just got going. We're having a good time. But there's only, was it, three regular season games still to come? Then the Big 12 tournament. And it's almost March. Look outside your window, wherever you live. It may be starting to look a little bit like spring. I know it was Fat Tuesday the other day. Yesterday was Ash Wednesday. I mean, spring's right around the corner. And March Madness is here. But let's get to the good stuff. And by the good stuff, I mean the big fella, Yudoka Azabuke. And by good stuff, I should probably say dominant stuff. Unreal stuff. Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, well, it's not my words. Those are the words of Oklahoma State coach Mike Boynton, who was so impressed by what Yudoka Azabuke did to him on, on Big Monday that as they were going through the handshake line, he gave him a big five, and he pointed to the rafters in Allen Fieldhouse. And I didn't read his lips, but he essentially was paraphrasing, or I paraphrased what he was saying. Like, Your jersey's going to be up there one day, young man. And if he plays like this, and he's a first-team All-American, and if he perhaps gets Big 12 Player of the Year or is a Final Four Most Outstanding Player, there's a good chance that Yudoka Azabuke perhaps does get his jersey in the rafters. Getting a little bit ahead of myself here. Let's sort of rewind it. What a week it was for Yudoka. First and foremost, he had his brother come to the game. They hadn't seen each other in 10 years. And his brother, Yudoka's brother, just as massive as Yudoka. Unbelievable. I was wondering if maybe Bill Self had some extra jerseys back in the locker room, maybe throw one on him. Lord knows that the team maybe needs a little bit of big man depth. That boy was thick. But how about the month of February for Yudoka Azabuki? This is just his 
a couple of his games here in the month of February, the month of love, if you will, and, and President's Day. And he's laying down the law. 17 points, 12 rebounds, two blocks, 20 points, 15 rebounds, five blocks, 15 points, 17 rebounds, four blocks. And of course, the game against Baylor, 23 points, 19 rebounds, three blocks, only missed two shots. They were all dunks anyways. And against Oklahoma State, 19 points, 16 rebounds, three blocks. All five of those games I just mentioned, rebounds, 12 and above, points, seven, or sorry, 15 and above, and at least two blocks in each of those games. It is dominant. It is forceful. It is impactful. And he is the X factor between this Kansas team, the number one team in the nation, and if things hold, hold out and if the team holds serve, likely to be the number one overall seed in March Madness, the NCAA tournament. He's the linchpin of this, of this team. Devon Dotson is amazing. The roadrunner. Arguably the best point guard in the nation. But when Yudoka is not on the floor, and I, get, I have the, the numbers right here, it, it's just a different team. Bill Self had this quote on Monday. Yudoka Azabuke, quote-unquote, is the best defensive center we've had since I've been here. Let me repeat that. Yudoka Azabuke is the best defensive center we've had since I've been here. So that includes guys like Darnell Jackson, Cole Aldrich, you know, Joel Embiid, force at the rim. Landon Lucas knew what he was doing, obviously not in the conversation. And then Jeff Withy, the guy who I believe set the all-time Kansas record for block shots, the guy that Nick Schwartz and I a couple weeks ago or about a month ago said might be the best defensive player Bill Self's had, period. And for Coach Self to say that Udoka is the best defensive center, one, it's a testament to the work that he's put in because at this point everyone has clearly made the point that he lost a S-ton of weight, right? He's nimble. He can move around the perimeter. He's making life really a nightmare for opposing guards on pick and rolls as they try to turn the corner. So he's making life difficult for other teams. And at the rim, he's a force, staying vertical. And the block numbers show it, two, five, four, three, and 3 here in February. Individual games and the number of blocks that he's had. I thought that was a remarkable statement for Bill Self to say. I didn't think I would ever see a defensive center be better than Jeff Withy out of San Diego. Used to play volleyball. Don't know if you knew that. But Yudoka Azabuke all of a sudden is getting those comparisons and those comments. And here are the raw numbers in terms of Yudoka Azabuke defensively. So overall on the season, Kansas is 14 points per 100 possessions better defensively when he is on the floor. So essentially over the course of 100 possessions, right, they're allowing 14 fewer points. And this is, remember... What is being talked about is a historically great defense, at least analytically-wise. So if the force in the middle is essentially the difference between a good, a good defense turning into a historically great defense, that's maybe a guy who's the best defensive center over the last 20 years. Here's what happened on Monday, Big Monday. When Yudoka Azabuke was on the floor... Oklahoma State scored 35 points in 44 possessions. 
44 possessions that Big Doak was on the floor. When he wasn't, when David McCormack had to step in and spell as a boot game, I mean, he's only human, right? They had just played a grueling game on Saturday against Baylor. 36 minutes, he was exhausted. In 22 possessions, with Azubuke not on the floor, they scored 23 points. So better than a point per possession. 14 of which, 14 of the 23 points, in the paint. Kind of tells you everything you need to know right there, at least about the game on Monday. And for good measure, what's the, bi- what's the one big weakness in Yudoka's game? The free throws, right? Well, on Monday night, on Big Monday, against Oklahoma State, he went 7 of 8 from the free throw line. Unbelievable. All of that with his brother in the stands, the guy he hadn't seen in 10 years. So I, I wanted to bring up all these numbers. I wanted to say that quote. I wanted to give you the raw analytic numbers defensively because the, dunk gets, the dunks get the headlines. The alley-oops are fun. The free throws are hilarious, but also cool to see on Monday when he goes 7 of 8. But then the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year committee, I think it is, they released their semifinalists for the award today. Marcus Garrett on there. Perfect, as he should be. Again, I'm a little bit obsessed <laughs> with Marcus Garrett and his defensive abilities. Mark Vidal from Baylor was on there. Deserved. Davion Mitchell from Baylor, he was on there. Deserved. Unbelievable player. I think I saw Trey Jones from Duke. He was on there. Sure. Who was not on that top 10 list or that final 10 list? Yudoka Azabuke. Even though the best defense in the country is only pretty good when he's not on the floor. So I don't know who I need to tweet at. I don't know who I need to write a strongly worded letter to and say, hey, do you actually watch the game? But the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year Committee kind of messed up on that one, gentlemen and ladies, if there's any ladies on the committee, as I'm sure there are. People. Naismith people. All I got to say is watch out K-State on Saturday. Because I don't know if you saw his interview after the Baylor game. But Yudoka is playing with some fire in his belly. And he's clearly on a bit of a redemption tour. Someone said something to him to stoke his flames. And I mean, essentially, Holly Rowe in the, in the post-game interview, and Holly is the best in the business, Sports Siren, at Sports Siren on Twitter. And he said, I, I heard everyone. They said I couldn't do it. And, of course, the English is a little bit broken. It's not his first language. But so they said I couldn't do it. I, I had to prove everybody wrong. And boy, is he proving everybody wrong. And if the, if the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year Committee does not believe he's one of the 10 best defensive players in the country, he's just going to have to prove someone else wrong. And to that, again, I say, watch out, K-State. But how about the performance on Monday against Oklahoma State? They dominated so hard that Mike Boynton, the head coach of Oklahoma State, took to his press conference and had this to say. Damn, they're good. Damn, they're good. (laughs) Again, what what was that, Mike? Damn, they're good. Not bad. In that same press conference, he said, if Yudoka Azabuke is going to go seven of eight on his free throws, they're going to win the national championship. That's a little far-fetched. A team could hit like 23-pointers like Villanova did in the, th- in the Final Four a couple of years ago. 
but his point is valid. Hey, Mike, what about those uh, fried pickles at Jefferson's? Damn, they're good. They are good. I haven't been in a long time. I could go for those. Hey, Mike, what about crunchy chicken, crunchy chicken cheddar wraps at the KU uh, underground and all across the catering on campus? Damn, they're good. I think you get the idea. Whenever you can leave an opposing coach speechless, drinking his water, just going, damn, they're good. You might have a special team on your hands. And Oklahoma State came in and played hard. Kansas was exhausted. They just had a grueling game against Baylor. Again, Yudoka Azubuke had to play 36 minutes in that game. Devon Dotson also had to play 36 minutes. Ochai Ogbaji played 39 minutes. And they took care of business. They put it down on Oklahoma State. And all OSU could say afterwards... Darn, they're solid. <laughs> so that's the Oklahoma State game. I would be doing myself and you, the fans, a disservice if we didn't at least touch on that Baylor game a little bit, right? Because it was special. And it was interesting because we had Nick Schwert on last week. And I asked him about the stylistic differences between the first game when Baylor beat Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse and this return game how KU is now playing with the four-guard lineup. And I just thought right away it was clearly a huge difference. Because Baylor, while they do play with two bigs, Mark Vidal and Freddie Gillespie, Mark Vidal's 6'6". He may be a, a bit of a chunker, but he's 6'6", and it matched up just fine with Marcus Garrett. So Kansas was able to survive, at least defensively and offensively. And with having more defensive flexibility, more versatility, and by not clogging up the, the lanes with the two big men, I just thought the Kansas offense operated at a much higher clip against Baylor. Again, they only scored 64 points, so it doesn't look like it. I thought KU dominated the game. Of course, at home, in a crazy, wacky atmosphere like it was, Baylor had their runs. They made it close. But I thought the four-guard lineup was the difference. Uh, the spacing was there. Devon Dotson has lanes to drive. It wasn't the best statistical performance for Dotson. Five of 11, 13 points. Even had four fouls, actually. But he was effective, right? And the focus of the game was getting Azubuke the ball. Around the rim, alley-oops, 11 of 13, 23 points. And as the days have gone on, I mean, the game was on Saturday. I'm here sitting, I'm sitting here recording this on a Thursday. All the articles and all the notes during the game and after the game were the adjustment that Bill Self made ahead of that game. So that's why I think the key number in that game was, well, what was it? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So the key number was four. Four days off for Bill Self to prepare for that game. Kansas versus Baylor. Because remember, they played on Big Monday. And they had the rest of the week to prepare for the game in Waco. And I don't want to get too X's and O's and too, I don't have too much strategy here, but the biggest difference is the way they actually used Yudoka as a bouquet to screen. So what they did is usually when you see a guy on the pick and roll, right? A big man, you'll see, call it as a bouquet. He'll be facing one of the sidelines, right? His butt is to one of the benches or to the fans. And what he did is that he set a middle screen. 
So he went to the top of the key, the top of the three-point arc. His behind was facing the basket. And what that did, because Baylor is excellent defensively. I think we all saw that. I think it's fair to say that, even though KU beat them on Saturday at home. Baylor's still a, a wonderful team and one of the best defensive teams in the country, second-best defensive team in the country, if you will. But it just created more room. So when you have two really good ball handlers like Devon Dotson and Marcus Garrett, they read the screen, they came off it, they saw what was happening, they could attack, drive, get to the basket, they could penetrate, they could sort of stall a little bit. And that's where a lot of those lobs to Azubuke came because he would then roll. Baylor wasn't sure whether the hedge come out on the ball handlers, roll with Azubuke. And by the, in those split seconds, as he was rolling to the basket, that's when they tossed it over the top. And that's where all the effectiveness came in. Excellent game. Bill Self, when he has time to strategize and he has the time ahead of the game, he's one of the best in the nation. And the numbers actually bear out. If you've actually taken a look at his numbers leading up to NCAA tournaments, I know he gets a lot of grief for Kansas performances in March Madness. But take a look at his record when he has that week to prepare. His first games of a weekend, so like the first round and then the Sweet 16 and then the Final Four. Winning record, and by a lot. The only games, certainly of the Sweet 16 and the Final Four that he's lost, he lost that heartbreaker to Michigan 2013. Remember Trey Burke hit that long half-court shot right over Kevin Young. And then Villanova just blitzkrieged the team a couple years ago in the Final Four. Other than that, Bill Self has won the two other Final Four games he's played over Ohio State in 2012, and then, of course, over North Carolina in 2008. And he's won every single Sweet 16 game. So in terms of strategists in the nation, he's one of the best. I know the national titles aren't necessarily there. He's got the one. I still, I'm, I'm sorry, I wouldn't take anyone else over Bill Self. So let's look ahead. Oh, boy. If you remember the, the very first episode we did here in the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. And if you are interested in advertising, by the way, get on board. We'd love to have you. Go to Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V. There's an advertising tab right there at the top. I took a look the other day just to, so I knew what I was talking about. But the very first episode we ever did, right, was the very next day after the mayhem in the fieldhouse, the basketball. The basket brawl, I guess you could call it. The fight in the fieldhouse is what the title of the episode was. And here we go. Get ready for a whole lot of sandstorm. Get ready for the FKU chance. Get ready for Bruce Weber looking like a mouse. Get ready for the benches to be below the camera. That sometimes is tough for me to adjust to, even though it's the same situation at Allen Fieldhouse. So you should be used to it, right? But sometimes I want to see the reactions on the benches, and they're, they're below the camera angle. Keep that in mind. It is the octagon of doom, the octagon of dumb, if you will. This is their one sellout a year. The sandstorm will be playing. The booze will be raining down. God forbid a Kansas player touches a K-State player defensively, or it's a foul. God forbid a Kansas State player also creates contact, fouls a Kansas player. The booze will rain down. It's a bit of a low basketball IQ crowd. K-State, here is your preview. 
The Kansas State Wildcats are 9 and 19 on the season. They are 2 and 13 in conference play. They have lost 8 games in a row, including 10 of their last 11. They beat Oklahoma. Sooners, what are you doing? <laughs> How does that happen? Player to watch, nobody. They stink. All right, if you really need someone to watch, maybe keep an eye on number 20, Xavier Sneed. 14 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game. Maybe number two, Cardi Giada, if you need. 13 points per game, four rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game. But honestly, again, player to watch. Don't watch him. Most situations... I would say this is not necessarily a trap game because, you know, it's a rivalry. KU's antennas are going to be up for this one. But with the brawl, man, like, K-State stinks, so regardless, they should be able to show up right and lay the wood. There's no line released on this game yet. For whatever reason, college basketball betting lines aren't released until, like, the day before. I I was interested to see what Vegas thinks of this matchup coming up. Because, for the most part, it should be Kansas favored by, like, 15, right? That's what it was against Oklahoma State. A home game, mind you. But this game's on the road. Very hostile environment. Post-brawl, this will obviously be the most intense and the most plugged in that K-State has been all year. But this is the double middle finger to the air tour for the Kansas Jayhawks, especially after that brawl. I mean, they are going to be locked in. That defense is going to be swarming. They're going to be flying all over the place. I I have a hard time really predicting like a 10-plus point win because weird things just happen in this rivalry, obviously, right? But especially on the road in Manhattan. But I, I just think the Jayhawks are too plugged in right now. They don't need to rely on outside shooting. It would be good if they could get a couple three pointers, obviously, from like Baji and Isaiah Moss. Really put some distance between them and K State. But that first game at the Fieldhouse was not competitive. Like even games at the Fieldhouse where I say, no, they're the better team. You never know what's going to happen. And that's how I felt before that game at the field at the Fieldhouse. And KU ended up just putting the hurt on them before the whole melee broke out. And in this game, I, I just again I'm calling it the double middle finger in the air tour, right? NCAA is coming down with notice of allegations. Whatever, double middle fingers. You got a problem with Snoop Dogg and his aerial dancers? Double middle fingers. That's what, By the way, if you haven't figured that out, that's why we've got a little bit of Snoop playing at the end of, the, of these programs as a nod to his aerial dancers. A brawl where everybody came down hard on Silvio DeSosa unfairly? Whatever, we're just going to go about our business, win every game since then, and become number one in the country. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you saw this last week, but Bruce Weber, the head coach of Kansas State, actually got in an argument with his player, Cardi Jara, picked up a stool, and flung it to the ground. I know I'm comparing apples and oranges on this one because it wasn't in the midst of the handicap section of Allen Fieldhouse and amongst the fans, and it wasn't in the middle of a fight, but... On the surface, it is Bruce Weber picking up a stool and throwing it to the ground. Look it up. I'm not joking. So I will predict Kansas wins this one. 
let's call it 78 to 60. I think that's fair because K-State has a tough time scoring. And this is not the defense to face if you have a tough time offensively. All right, so this is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Appreciate you listening. Do have one more thing to wrap up here, and it's a bit of a doozy. Now, that got a little got a little heavy there. Kansas first K-State. First game after, you know, the the fight in the field house. I'm I'm already just my body's not ready for all the sandstorm that's gonna be played. But how about this? Do you remember Chase Buford? Do you recognize the last name? His father is R.C. Buford, famed general manager, CEO of the San Antonio Spurs. Has been right there, hand-in-hand with Greg Popovich during the dynastic years of the San Antonio Spurs. Still with the team. Chase was on the Kansas basketball team as a walk-on in the the mid-2000s. Last on the team in 2010 before leaving the team to pursue other business ventures or to finish his business degree. Basically, he just wanted to get his coaching career going because he's now the head coach of the G League team, the Wisconsin Herd. Of course, the affiliate of the Milwaukee Bucks. But Chase, he was on the Kansas team. His dad's a basketball mind. He seems to be doing a pretty good job. This is his first year as a head coach. And they are, what's the record? I got right here, 28 and 9. First place in the G League. And by the way, you may not know this, but on that Wisconsin herd team, former Jayhawk Frank Mason. I think when the offseason comes, God, again, we're so close to the offseason. It's tough to see. I think I may do a little Jayhawks in the NBA bit just as a review. Like, where are they now? Where's our friends? But the Milwaukee herd, or sorry, the Wisconsin herd, had a bit of a tough game over the weekend. And I'm going to read you the quote, but I'd be doing it a disservice because you need to find this video of Chase Buford because he just looks haggard. His hair is all akimbo. He's scratching his face. He, he, again, he kind of looks tweaked out. He looks crazy. So what happens is that they, they blew a 21-point lead against Grand Rapids in the fourth quarter. And a reporter asked him a question, and this is how he answered. I'm just going to read it, and I'll bleep it out. This is a family program, even though I just referenced double middle fingers a lot. Quote, the officiating definitely went right for Grand Rapids. That was as unprofessional as an, as an officiating performance, and I hope you tweet this out and tag the league because that was embarrassing. Matt Rafferty, the official, is a bleeping clown. That being said, we have to be so much better at the end of the games. That's good ownership right there. We can't blow a 21-point lead with 12 minutes to go. However bad and biased and unfair and illegal and cheating the referees are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind here and, and go over this again because he's doing a little bit of ownership. He's saying we got to be better. We can't blow a 21-point lead with 12 minutes to go. And then he goes right back into it. However bad and biased and unfair and illegal and cheating the referees are, we have to be better closing games. And so that's the way I feel. Matt Rafferty is an expletive clown. Uh, again, go look at the video. He looks, he looks crazy, man, because he's standing there in the hallway. His hair is all over the place. Uh, again, Chase was on the team, the 2010 team, with Sharon and, and Cole Aldrich, Xavier Henry. Got bounced in the tournament somewhat unceremoniously. 
and he left uh, I, the, the article because I had to double check when he was on the team. Both he and CJ Henry, the, the brother of Xavier Henry, left the team at the same time. CJ not really playing at all. Chase to do what he's got to do. Good head coach. But when you call a referee a bleeping clown, and he has been suspended for two games, and then he calls the refereeing biased and unfair and illegal and cheating. That's good stuff. He's been suspended two games, like I said. He'll learn. I'm sure his dad had some words with him. He's like, hey, son, you're doing a good job, but got to be better than that. All right, K-State game this Saturday, 1230 on Saturday. It's on CBS. Ooh, I guess I didn't take that into account. Mid-morning afternoon games on CBS don't tend to go well. I was seem to be a little bit tighter. I'll, I'll keep it where I, what I said, 78 to 60. But now that I remember that fact, uh, it could be make it a little bit tough. Whatever. Screw you, K-State. Screw you, Bruce Weber. I hope Yudoka Azabuke goes for a triple-double. And he shows the whole nation why he is one of the best defensive players in the nation. Although Marcus Garrett should win. I am Jonas Nordman. Appreciate you listening. As always, I will talk to you next week. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, let me know. Drop a comment. Tweet me at JoeNasty90. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program on the Believe Podcast Network. I will talk with you next week. And as always, Rock Chalk Jayhawks. One, two, three, and to the folks. Snoop Doggy Doggy.